Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hey everybody, and welcome back to The Sex Wrap. This is Andrew, and I'm here today with Spring, and there's a really special guest. We're here today with uh, Cindy Darnell, and we'll talk about her and talk with her a whole lot more over the rest of the episode. Um, But we're excited to get started. How are you today, Spring? I'm so good. It's super rainy in New York today, uh, but I am so bright and shiny. (laughs) And how are you today, Cindy? Me? I'm very, very well, thank you for asking. I am loving being here in New York. (laughs) Great. And there's a really funny story about how this episode kind of came together. Um, So what happened? So um, (laughs) I used to work at the University of Sydney and I worked there um, with a colleague. And uh, then when I moved to New York, he and I stayed in touch. And about a month ago, he sent me a group Facebook message to myself and to Cindy. And he said, you guys should meet. You both do sexual stuff, sexual health, uh, sexuality. Like you should, yeah, we're very sexual people. Sure. And uh, so he said that we should meet, we should talk. And um, so she and I started chatting and I asked her where she lived and she said Harlem. And I said, Oh, I live in Harlem. And then uh, I'm not going to tell everybody what street we live on, but we realized that we both live on the same street. And then we realized we both live in the same building and we are just one floor apart from each other, which I don't know if you know how many people are in New York, but it is a lot. (laughs) It's almost more people than there are in Australia. (laughs) There are more people in New York than in Australia. And it is so crazy that she and I lived in the same building and now we're connected and we can see each other and hang out with each other at home and we can do cool work things together like this. Yay! And, you know, Spring and I have made a whole bunch of jokes. Whenever we're at a party or at a bar or anywhere we go with people and they find out we do sex stuff, because that's the word we're using, sex stuff, yeah. um, they come and they ask us these really awkward questions out of nowhere, like, I'm having a problem with this, or this didn't fit here, or is this supposed to hurt? I'm like, I would like to finish my drink and not talk about your sexual dysfunction <laughs> of a party. Um, but... Cindy is an official sex and relationship therapist. She has a whole bunch of really cool stuff. We'll talk about it more as we go on uh, later in the episode. Um, but we thought it would be amazing to have her come. Um, and what's our question for the, for, for the day? The question that we get so many questions about. I mean, we get questions about every single aspect of anal sex. We get questions about um, how to do it, how to do it safely, how to do it comfortably, how to make sure that uh, it's safe, and how to not, (laughs) how to talk about it, how to bring it up. Yeah, we get every question about anal sex. And so our very broad question of the day is how to anal, right? And Cindy has um, a lot of expertise specifically in teaching people about this. Uh, so we had her, we invited her to the show today. Hooray! <laughs> it's so, very good. It's very important to talk about these things. So, Cindy, when yes. someone comes to you and says that they want to have anal sex, 
what do you start with? What do you say first? I say, good for you, is what I say. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, And then I will say to them, have you done it before? And depending on their knowledge and skill and expertise will determine what I tell them. But I figure that today we'll talk about it as if we've never, ever done it before. I think that might be a good place to start because then everybody's on the same page and um, everyone can feel that they're included, which is fabulous, actually, because everybody has a butthole. Did you know that? (laughs) Everybody does. It's the the great equaliser, anal sex. It it applies to everybody, regardless of your gender or your orientation. We all have buttholes. (laughs) So uh, we can all stick things up them. And speaking of which... Um, what one of the first things that I suggest to folks who are interested in trying anal for the first time is to have a look at their own. Which you're talking like us, the 1970s vagina woman empowerment mirror party where you grab a little compact and like bend around and under and totally, take it totally. When was the last time you looked at your own butthole? I'm not it's a rhetorical question. You can answer that or not. It's up to you. I recognize. Sometimes I watch the news and I see a lot of buttholes and it must get turned off by I'm like, I can't handle any more There's a remarkable amount on the news at the moment, I agree. <laughs> of all stripes. <clears throat> Not actual stripes, <laughs> speaking. But um, stripey buttholes, that's a whole, gosh, I'm sure that's a genre. Anyway, um, having a look at one's own. So, yes, Andrew, I, I concur. Get a little makeup mirror. If you don't have one, buy one, borrow one from your friend or your mum or whoever. And um, and squat or bend over or however it works for you and have a look. Start off by having a look because the important thing is whether, you know, whatever your gender is, whatever genitals you have, being comfortable with your own body is the beginning process of getting comfortable about sex and particularly butt sex because with butt sex it's all about being relaxed things can go terribly wrong with butt sex but one of the first things to do is to get comfortable with what you've got happening downstairs so having a good look around is super useful super helpful and it invites you to be a bit curious so if I love that. I mean, I think that it's really great advice uh, for people to look at their vulvas, for people to look at their buttholes, to look at all parts of their body. And hmm. I think that it's um, taken for granted that most people with penises know what their penis looks like. And yeah. it's easy yeah. to see. And some parts of our body aren't as easy to see. And yeah, I love, exactly. I love that as a first step. Yeah, so we've got to go out of our way to do that. And, you know, it's interesting because when I have suggested to people to have a look at your butthole, people will often screw up their faces or go, ew, or something like that. And it's interesting because if I ask you um, if you've ever had a look at the back of your own hand or if you've ever had a look at your knee, you'll probably say, yeah, of course. Because the difference between a butthole and a kneecap is stigma. One is very stigmatized and the other one is not. 
you know which the ones <laughs> which I'm talking about. Of course, kneecaps are not stigmatized. Nobody cares about kneecaps, um, but everybody cares about buttholes. And stigma is a word that means it makes us feel icky. It makes us feel yucky about something. But actually, there's no difference. Um, in function from a butthole to a knee, well, I mean, there is obviously, but <laughs> in terms of its value and importance, because our culture says buttholes are disgusting and dirty, we tend to not want to look at them. We tend to not want to get to know them in the same way that we'll get to know our hand or our knee or our you know, elbow. So this is part of destigmatizing butt sex is to, to have a little look down there. The second thing is also, or actually you might want to also do this first, is to wash it with soap. How, how should you wash it, right? Because there's all of this information where you should be douching and enemas yeah. and cleaning and caffeine and hydrochloric yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can do all of that. I mean, I'm in no position to say that you should or you shouldn't do any of those things, but it's not necessary really. And certainly because we are beginners, um, I would suggest that that's not necessary at this stage what is useful is to just take a shower or a bath as you would regularly and get some soap soap your hands up and just give it a good going over to make sure you get any of the debris out of the way and because uh, <laughs> nobody well some people are just funny, debris. Though, like we're not dancing around anal at all but then Oh, I can use that word with abandon. Um, but uh, yeah, so having a having a good wash is also helpful too because it can it can calm your mind, so you're not worrying about am I going to get poop poop on my finger? Because um, the truth is, with any kind of butt activity, there is a pretty strong likelihood that you are going to get poop somewhere because it comes with the territory. So if you are squeamish about poop. Don't have anal sex. That's my advice for all of you listeners out there. Free advice. <laughs> Don't do it if you're squeamish about poop. That said, washing your butthole before you get your mum's mirror <laughs> is probably a good idea. Um, and then... Once you've nice and clean and just using soap and water, you don't use, need to use any fancy floral, chocolate-scented, whatever, just regular soap and water. Give it a good rinse. Make sure that the water has really flushed all the soap away. Dry it off with a towel. Then squat or bend over and have a little look. When you're ready, if you're ready, using the pad of your finger and keeping making sure that your nails are trim, um, you can press against the opening of the butthole. So don't go sticking your finger straight up there. Just start pressing around the outside and see how it feels. Just allowing yourself to connect with that sensation can be a really interesting way to begin to explore that area. And this is true, again, regardless of your gender. Sometimes... Um, uh, people who identify as boys, particularly cis boys, particularly heterosexual cis boys, tend to think that their buttholes are not for entrance and that butt sex is gay. Now, the truth is, is that butt sex is 
really gender neutral as we described before it's got nothing to do with being gay or straight it's because it's an action it's like eating eating is neither gay nor straight it's just something that your body does so receiving something anally is neither gay nor straight it's just a, a very pleasurable activity for those who are inclined so being able to get used to making that connection using your finger onto the sensitive part of your butthole um, is a u really useful thing to do whether you're intending to be a giver or receiver of anal sex because you can learn to develop empathy by recognizing, huh, I understand how this feels and so when I'm going to do it with somebody else, if I'm going to be in the giving role, I am going to proceed gently like I'm doing on myself. It's, it's, it's really a respectful approach, I think. We've talked about porn a, a bunch of uh, in a bunch of our episodes, and this is one of those times where people are learning about anal sex from porn, where it's just like a spit and shove kind of situation, and certainly not. Yeah, if you could see Spring's face right now, it, it is like cringeworthy. Um, whatever try, someone tries to paint anal sex as gay, it, I think it's really important to say that there are more heterosexual cis people having anal sex than there are a total number of gay people too. Like if you just look at Absolutely. it, the total quantity. Many more, right? But it's re it's really hard to get people to kind of take a step step back and look at it yeah. that way. And so. again, I mean, it's that stigma thing too that it's you know because it's considered this gay thing um, that that is somehow unappealing. When of course, as we all know, gayness is as fabulous yeah. as every other orientation. So there's, there's so much so much stigma that we have to unpack around all kinds of sex acts and and. I think anal is one of the, the biggest taboos because of the poop and because of the, the gay factor, the queer factor, which people can get a bit upset about too, which is unfortunate, mm. but that's why we're here to unwrap it <laughs> on the sex wrap. So. <laughs> this is the first time we've told people to unwrap something. And we're like, we would like you to wrap these things up. Like, like, put a little condom on Let's it. Let's be honest. We do everything backwards. So. <laughs> Backwards and upside down. So, okay. So, um, yes. Yeah, so you've washed, you've got the mirror and you're poking around. So next thing about the spit factor. Let's say <clears throat> that spit is not the best lube for anal. I recommend, if you can, if you have access to proper lubricant that's made for sex not using butter or olive oil or anything like that uh it is helpful to get some <laughs> if you can if you can't some kind of lubricating oil a coconut oil can be okay but as you guys know uh it's oils are not condom safe but because we're only doing finger self-exploration we're not needing condoms at this point did you guys want to add anything about we love lube, lube. we talk about lube a lot and mm. it was one of our first like episodes minutes, we just yeah. said how great um, lube was so really yeah we always recommend lube for everything and yeah we can't use oil-based lubes with latex condoms um, if you're using a polyurethane condom, you could use an oil-based lube. And so if you're using, or the female condom, um, that's also polyurethane. So yeah, just making sure when we do get to the condom part that we know what kind of condom we're using. So we use the appropriate lube in conjunction with that. 
And, lubri- and if a condom says that it is lubricated, it does not <laughs> have enough lubricant for yeah. sex. This is very true. Very true. And a thing, uh, if, going further, if you wanted to uh, buy a lubricant that was specific for anal sex, you can get them. They actually say that they're specifically for anal sex, and they tend to be thicker and more viscousy than regular lubes. So that when people say, what's the difference between an anal lube and a regular lube? That's the difference. One's just a little bit thicker. So, And you want that thickness. It's was... nice and added padding. <laughs> so... Uh, Added yes. padding. We like a bit of padding in the in the nether region. So, <clears throat> okay, so you're pressing around. You're adding a little bit of lube to your fingertip. And then if it feels appropriate, I like to invite folks to exhale out their mouth. And what that does is it helps to release the muscles of the pelvic floor. And we want to do that exhale before we do any kind of insertion because that's getting the pelvic floor as open as possible without things falling out, obviously. So exhale to activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which helps us relax, sends messages to the brain about relaxation and pleasure. And then very, very, very slowly, only if it feels appropriate, Begin to insert one finger, maybe your pinky finger. Again, if you're worried about getting poop on your finger, which is likely, you can wear a glove, a latex glove or a nitrile glove, not a washing up glove, not a woolen glove, (laughs) not a leather glove, (laughs) a sex glove. Um, And if you don't have a sex glove, You can put a condom on your finger. That's fine too. Um, Remembering what Spring said about mixing oils and condoms. But again, in this case, it's not a huge problem simply because you're just doing it to yourself. So once you manage to get inside, so the, the, the entrance of the butthole has two layers of muscle, which we call the sphincter. There's what they call the inner um the inner muscle and then there's an outer muscle on my video series called the atlas of erotic anatomy and arousal i actually show drawings illustrations of exactly how this looks for folks who need to be able to see this stuff because uh it can be very helpful to visualize the muscles inside the body so you get a sense of what's happening when you're sticking things into yourself um for people who are interested in that and we'll talk about that at the end of the podcast so getting through these two layers of sphincter muscles the inner and outer can be um not painful if you're relaxed enough but it can feel pretty tight it can feel it's like a you know the seal on a balloon or the seal on a on a rubber band it's it's literally holding everything inside you and that's good we want that We want that sensation. But when you're relaxed enough and when you're using enough lubricant, you can push through those layers with something like a pinky finger and insert only, you only need to go into one knuckle, two if you're feeling a little bit adventurous, and then stop. You don't need to do anything. This thrusting and pumping and all the carry-on that you see in porn that's all great, but that's very advanced. 
the folks who do that in porn are professionals. They are stunt people. So you don't want to be copying what they do, especially if you're a beginner. In fact, right. I would really encourage you to not do that if you're a beginner. That would be very, very irresponsible because if you don't look after your butt, you can break it. And we don't want anybody breaking their butt. So this is why I'm sharing this information with you because I want you to look after your butthole and I want you to explore it, but I want you to do it safely and in a considered, gentle, healthy way. And that's why we have her here today. That's why we have Cindy with us, because uh, if you do not take precautions, if you don't know what you're doing, you can end up in the hospital with tears. Like she said, you can break your butt, yeah. which is true. But yeah. that's the scariest thing I think we've ever said on the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's because people can you can get really damaged if you're if you're trying to force something big in your butthole and it's not prepared and it's not ready. You can you can make trouble there and and it needn't be this way because if you have access to this information and you know what you're doing um, and you go slow, pardon me, and you use a lot of lube, you really significantly reduce the chances of this kind of stuff happening. So I'm not saying this to scare people. I'm telling you this because I want to invite you to recognize that you have power here. You have control and by practicing respectful sex with yourself and your partners you can avoid all of these pitfalls that come from not knowing what you're doing okay so finger inserted breathing relaxing and all of this kind of the pumping and things that you see we don't need to do that and it's just useful to practice getting used to having that sensation of having something inside your butt simply because for a lot of folks when they experience anal for the first time it's not necessarily their favorite thing it's something that you have to maybe try a couple of times before you can decide that you like it or that you don't like it Um, it's been described to me as being similar to tasting broccoli in that way that maybe the first time you eat broccoli you don't really like it but you eat it a few times and then you go wow this is great so if you are not um an anal sex aficionado the first time you might want to try it the second time the third time if by the third time you're still like "Eh, this is not my thing then it's maybe it's not your thing and you know what that is also perfectly okay the last thing you want is to feel pressured into doing anything sexually that you don't want to do, including uh, having things in your butt, whether they're parts of your body or parts of somebody else's body. I really right. sex is a smorgasbord. You can, if you don't like the broccoli, you don't have to eat the broccoli. Exactly, you can stick with the salmon. Yeah, That's and fine. I think also <laughs> though, like I only like cooked broccoli, so <laughs> I also. Yeah, try different ways, different approaches, different different lubes, different uh, gloves, different, you know, like different settings, different uh, ways to relax. Like uh, there might be kind of a, a method of approaching it that seems to work for you also. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. And so once you get used to having that sensation of a pinky finger or a bigger finger, in there you might like to graduate to um, butt toys Um, and butt toys are different from other kinds of sex toys in that they are still kind of you know finger shaped or cock shaped or some sort of 
tube shaped um, but how they're different from a lot of the tube shaped toys is that they all have a flared base which means that it's this wide flat part uh, so the item doesn't get lost up there because the last thing you want is to have something going up inside your butthole because you know what the other end of your butthole is guys your inside it's your mouth so it's <laughs> <laughs> a massive tube that goes all the way from your butt to your mouth so you don't want to be coughing up sex toys i'm kidding but um <laughs> but actually your mouth is the other end of your digestive tract that's exactly what it is but the point is is that unlike a vagina that has a cap on it, so stuff can't really get lost inside a vagina, stuff can get lost in a butthole and then you it can end up in hospital. So the way that we avoid that is that we make sure that any things that we might want to stick in our butthole, they need to have a flared base. They ideally are toys specifically for butt sex um, or certainly something that has a long enough handle that you can pull it out whenever you want to. This is fundamentally important so don't be sticking things up there like pens or little you know bullet vibrators and stuff no they are not for butt sex we're, we're all just kind of sitting here like yeah be, be careful with your butt everybody yeah, be yeah love your butt I'm... love you we need to have national love your butt day i like that so so I'm on it today. Today you are listening to our, our episode is National Love Your Butt Day. No, I'm all on it. Um, so that that was a great intro on how to get more comfortable, how to how, how to kind of get to the space where you feel like you might want to be playing with your butt by yourself or with other people. But I think there's a couple other big overarching questions that we. we that I'd love to talk to an expert about. Um, so what you talked about their stigma, um, but on the other hand. Everybody is talking. Why do people want it so much? Why do people talk about this thing that there's taboos and stigmas, yeah. but at the same time, it's not. so what's going on there? Look, that's such a great question, Andrew. I reckon, and I don't have any scientific proof of this, but I reckon anal sex, I mean, anal sex has been around for thousands of years. People have been doing this for a very long time. It's not new. For some reason, in our culture, in Western culture, it tends to have some sort of relationship to power. And the person who is the recipient of the anal is the person who's giving over their power and the person who's doing the anal, you know, sticking, sticking in to somebody is the person who's got the power. Now, sex and power have been linked uh in a gazillion ways probably for as long as sex has been around and that's not necessarily a bad thing but my hunch is that the attractiveness of anal is partly because of the power of it partly because it's a taboo which means it's a little bit naughty and partly because it's become so mainstream in recent years because it's so accessible through porn so some combination of those things, I think, is what has led to, I don't necessarily know that more people are doing it these days, but I just think people are talking about it more. I think that's the thing that's different. I don't know that there are any statistics on how many people had anal sex in the 1930s compared to now. And maybe there is. You're in a university. Maybe you could find that out. So. <laughs> 
We always get really interesting feedback when we include questions on surveys about, do you use condoms? What kind of lube? What's going on with your sex toys, et cetera. It's all interesting kind of responses. Um, I really love what you said that about about anal sex being around forever Mm -hmm. too. Like we can look at ancient art from thousands and thousands of years ago. We can look at creation myth stories from cultures around the world. Um, It's a lot more normal and common than it is risky or taboo and scary. Yes. At the end of the, whenever I see it, um, okay, let's see. Anything else that we really need to cover? We talked about safety. Um, I mean, I, I could talk about it all day long. Talk about saddlebacking. Talk about if you have anal, are you still a virgin? We could just go on it and really on and on. Um, but is there anything else that you want to, like, what's the cherry on this anal pie for today? Any <laughs> a, any final pieces that you think that we want to get in? <laughs> no pun intended. Um, look, I think I think the, the, the biggest takeaway um, is... If you're thinking about negotiating anal sex with somebody, make sure you start slowly. Make sure you warm up. Don't go racing in with big toys or big cocks or big whatevers. No matter how experienced you are, it can really be helpful to make sure that you warm up slowly. Um, Use lube. Breathe and communicate. Talk about what you're doing before, during and after because... um, it makes it more fun. It helps you stick with consent, which is also particularly helpful in all of these situations. Um, and it also means that you're more likely to have a good time if you're able to communicate and trust each other. And it's all about having a good time it's at the end of the totally day. totally all about having a good time. And I think we just want to touch on the safety aspect for a moment uh, because we didn't really get to talk about that and talk about the importance of using condoms in anal sex when you're having it with a partner, when you're not just exploring on your own. Mm -hmm. And um, so the reason that anal sex is a little more risky than other types of sex and sense of disease transmission is because there's more small natural tearing that will occur. It actually means there are more chances for any infection to enter the body. And so that's why it's so important to use a lot of lube to make sure that we're minimizing any of these small tears. And also that's why it's so important to use condoms uh, to prevent that transmission. Absolutely. And also, if you are doing anal with somebody who has a vagina and you want to go from butthole to vagina, um, you don't do that. You don't want to put anal juice in a vagina, but you can put vaginal juice inside an anus. That's okay. If you need to switch between holes, change condoms. Yes. Change condoms. All right. Um, I think that we've sort of covered i'm sitting here trying not to make more anal sex puns it seems like everything that i've said this whole episode you should see me in all my classes when i'm lecturing is a non-stop like my filter is kind of broken i talk about sex all the time i don't put i'm sure other people in this podcast today probably have similar sort of issues 
Um, all right. So thank you so much for being uh, with us today, Cindy. Uh, a huge shout out to you. Um, if you are interested, we have a code for you to get to buy um, her Atlas of Erotica and Arousal. Um, use the code the sex wrap. Um, Cindy, where can we find all of your uh, stuff to buy, your stuff to purchase, your stuff to look at? What's your social media? So I am, my website is cindydarnell.com, C-Y-N-D-I-D-A-R-N-E-L-L.com. You can follow me on Facebook at Cindy Darnell page. And my Twitter and Instagram handles are the same. They are Cindy underscore Darnell. And we'll put links to all of that in the episode and across all of our social media so you can find her and uh, get involved in the work that she's doing. Uh, great work that she's doing. And, and once again, thank you so much for being here. Um, and uh, we're at our period. And we're doing our shout out. And normally spring tells us a joke, but we thought it'd be really fun to <laughs> throw so in Cindy's direction. So Cindy, do you have a, a, a joke to, yeah. to end our show today? It's it's my favorite joke ever. Why did the scarecrow get an award? I just, I don't know why. Is this a Friends of Dorothy joke? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> because they were outstanding in their field. <laughs> Someday, I promise you, listeners, we're gonna get a non-dad joke on the sex show. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, if you want to send us or submit any questions, comments, feedback, you can uh, email us at thesexwrap at gmail.com. Uh, you can call us. Our phone number is 413-I-RAPIT. That's rap with a W. And uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at The Sex Rap. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or just too Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.